0: Rock of Grace Let's worship him together stand
1: shout Merry, Merry Christmas. Actually, don't tell just me, turn to somebody next to you, say Merry Christmas. Well, you can actually be seated. We're doing something a little different today. I know we, we never separate the uh, the worship songs, so this is kind of the first time we're doing that, but yeah, you may be seated. Um, I'm going to invite up somebody that's, uh, where I'm just so excited to introduce our new executive pastor, Pastor Dave Brock and his wife, Michelle. Can you give them a big hand as they come? Yeah, Jimmy's going to create a tripping hazard just for you, your first day here. No, um, I'm just kidding. They'll make an impression, yes. So we've been really enjoying getting to know them over the last um, few months. I'll just let them kind of introduce themselves, where they're from, and maybe their news about their new uh, little newborn, and we'll get We're your mic good. on. And yeah, yeah this, is, this is Michelle, so everybody say hi, Michelle. Hey. Good morning, how's everybody doing?
2: Let me tell you, we are so excited to be joining you guys. This has been a long conversation over many months, and many times uh, talking with Danielle and Jordan, uh, crashing at their house, coming back and forth. My wife and I moved here yesterday. We got everything out of the truck. We got our beds put together at 2 o'clock in the morning, so uh, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to move through caffeine today as well, so those of you who had your morning coffee, say Amen. All right, that's most of you, that's awesome. So we are so excited to be with you guys today, and not just today, but for many, many years to come, and with our son, David III, in the back, he's with friends of us, and yes, he's the third, which means he has an obligation, and uh, he's going to have to hold two to that one day, but we are so excited to be raising our family here with you guys and being part of Rock of Grace. I'm so glad you gave me the microphone, I said nothing.
1: I thought we were going to have a Asha Pena Simba moment back there. She lifted him up. I was, I was ready for it. Lying. Um, yeah, so again, just to kind of reiterate this, their, their roles, we've never had a communications director here, so graphics and video, website, a lot of things that were on my plate for years. <clears throat> I was just telling her in the in the kitchen, I'm like really excited to get that off my plate. So welcome Michelle as our graphics communications director. And again executive pastor. So there's a lot on his place. So it's not just uh, coaching the team. It's also helping me put in the details to, to plant churches. And God had even birthed that in his heart uh, beforehand. So we're just excited about all that God is doing. So what I want to do, I did not warn you, Pastor Ed, but would you come up and right, any of our board members, can you come up? And maybe my wife, could you come up? We're going to pray for them and Pastor Ben, any of our staff and board, yeah, Will, come on over. Let's just, uh, I want to surround them. Yeah, just come on stage. It just doesn't matter if we knock over a microphone. I mean, it does, but not really. It's just, just a microphone. Just mute it first. Just mute it, yeah. And uh, actually, step forward just a little bit. Just don't step off, because I did that last week and pulled a muscle. All right. We're just going to, pr- yeah, sorry. I pictured that down front. My bad totally blew that. Uh, want you guys to stretch your hands towards this awesome couple. Father, we just thank you. we thank you God that um, Lord I remember even just now in my spirit I'm reminded of a, a day about six months ago when I was in here praying and you said uh, that you were going to bring every David and uh, every David in every field Lord and um, Lord I, I, I know you were maybe giving pun in that moment but I thank you that you've brought us Pastor David. And uh, Michelle and this amazing couple. Thank you for the way that they love you. Thank you for the way that they love your church. God, thank you for the way that they uh, want to see yeah, your church be built and your kingdom advance. So we just pray blessing over them. We pray energy, Lord, in this season of transition and new being a new mom and a new dad. And uh, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will give them all the strength that they need. Uh, to, to step into this new calling. God, we commission them today to join this church family and to help us pastor this city in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Give them one more big hand. All right. And then um, he's going to be bringing the word uh, later. Why don't you guys stand back up to your feet? I'm actually preaching in Cortland today, so I'm going to say hi and bye. But uh, excited to uh, worship with you guys.
0: Let's just take a minute. God is so good in every moment of every day in this season, Jesus, we worship you we thank you for your presence here in this place just take a minute before we enter back into song just to say thank you, Jesus, for your presence and just tell him that he's welcome into your heart and into your life, even through the busyness we take a moment right now, Jesus, to say we enthrone you as king You inhabit the praises of your people and we are here to praise your name. Jesus, you are worthy. You're the light of the world. You're the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Holy Spirit, you have all authority in this service. Into the darkness, God sent His light to shine and show us His glory. Though King of creation, He brought redemption to save us and show us His glory.
3: You sent Your Son from heaven to earth, defeating the darkness of sin
0: as a humble and bold shine your light in me and let there be light let the sun And thrown you a scheme. Don't worry about the words on the screen Just close your eyes Oh, come, let us fall down Oh, we give to you every crown All the elders, all the creatures, oh, they worship you, they worship you. Every fear be gone in the name of Jesus. All anxiety must go. In the presence of the Lord, there is freedom, freedom. Oh, come, let us fall down and praise Him. Oh, come. Feel in this place this morning that there's a uh, keep getting the word worry, and I think it's fathers and mothers worrying for their children. Mm-hmm. Cast all your cares before the Lord. Cast all your crowns and just worship. Jesus, we come before you right now on behalf of every parent that is desperate for something with their child, whether it's a physical illness or or physical distance or just that they don't know you, God. We come in intercession right now as your church and as your people. And we worship you, Jesus. Let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light. heard about this baby boy who's come to earth to bring us joy and I just want to sing this song to you it goes like this the fourth the fifth the minor fall the major lift with every breath I'm seeing search the end to find a place for you were coming soon there was no room for them to stay so in a by night to see this baby wrapped in light. A host of angels led them all to you. It was just as the angels said, you'll find him in a manger bed, Emmanuel and say. Stars shone bright up in the east to Bethlehem. The wise men three came many miles and journeyed long for you. And to the place at which you were, their frankincense and their gold and Rescue me, this baby boy would grow to be a man and one day die for me and you. My sins would dry
2: the nails
0: in you. That rugged cause was my cause. You still every breath. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we wait on you. You in the supper room. We worship you in the upper room, we worship you in this upper room, I know there's things to do, I know I have a crazy busy day. Wash away In the sea of your love In the sea of your grace All my fears washed away the song for the suffering, he is Messiah, the Prince of Peace has come, he has come, place I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory for the battle. take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good oh you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good do you believe in church come on you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it Good. You turn it for good, one more time. Oh, you take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good, and I'm gonna see you. There's no weapon formed against us that will stand because there is power in the name of jesus in the great i am there's no weapon formed against us that will stand because there's power in jesus there's power in the great i am kneel to fight I just got that phrase in my spirit I know this is we're closing down this part of the service and it's time to transition but I just got that phrase overwhelming in my spirit we kneel to fight we kneel to fight God we know that we are in a battle beyond compare but we choose to not fight with our own strength, but we choose to kneel and surrender to you, the King, because every weapon is at your disposal. The victory is in your hands. The enemy would have us think, church, in the church in America in this season, the enemy would have us think that the battle is lost and we have to somehow in our own strength find the way to victory. And God says the way to victory is kneeling at his throne and surrender and watching him be victorious because he's already won. He's already won. He's already won. Sing this chorus one last time. I'm going to see a victory, I'm going to see a victory for the
4: Jesus became victor? Before the foundations of the earth. He's not waiting on something to happen. He is already victory. He's already king. There isn't another king on this earth. We're not waiting for something to happen. Jesus is and will be and for always will reign. Amen? I was, I was reminded this morning, God put his fullness in a little baby. In a little baby that didn't know how to pray yet, didn't know how to read the Bible yet, didn't know what right and wrong was yet. All of God's glory is available for us today. Not because we've done something, it's because of who he is, amen? We Remember this Christmas that Jesus came to show us God has already chosen you. God has already chose life for you, redemption for you, healing for you. And we return the favor by coming back to him as little children. God, I take whatever you have today. God, where I've had my own agenda, I drop it. God, where I've picked up my will, I lay it at your feet today. Father, where I've tried to seek my own redemption, my own righteousness, I lay it at your feet. God where I've tried to change other people. I ask your forgiveness, Lord God, that I might receive your cleansing power, your spirit in this place this morning. We come to you, Father, as little children today. With no agenda but yours. And we say in this place, Father, we we join our faith in your victory. I am redeemed. I am whole. I am holy. I am a child of the living God. I belong to the king and there is no other. And so we step today in spirit into the fullness of your victory. In Jesus, your holy and matchless name. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Amen. Woo! Thank you, beautiful people. Wow. What a good, good day. Amen. Lord's doing good things already. Hey, a few quick announcements before uh, we invite Pastor David back up to, to bring the word today. I'm so excited that he's here with us today. Um, a f- few quick things. In the back of your seats, uh, or the seat in front of you, you'll find this Connect card. If you are new with us, if you're just joining us, if you would fill one of these out, we want to get connected with you. Also, if any of your personal information has changed, would you update us so that we know what's going on with you? Um, also... Um, Giving envelopes for 2021. Who's so excited? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> these are out in the foyer. If you normally get these, they're out there. If you need them, uh, see Kathy. She's sitting in the back there. Everybody knows Kathy. I don't need to point out Kathy. But she can get these ordered for you. If you give electronically, if you give online, don't worry about this. It's already taken care of. So a few quick announcements before we move on today. It's Christmas Eve service. If you're going to be here or down at the Cortland campus, it's a 3.30 and a 5 o'clock service. So please be a part of that. Um, no youth group December 23rd and no services December 27th. One thing I want to mention regarding Immerse, um, they recorded here, I don't know when, when it was, several months ago. But that album, live album, is available now on iTunes. Uh, Google search it and you'll find it. So go out and get that. Become part of what God's doing through that ministry. Oh, there it is. Praise the Lord. The album's out. Yeah. Hallelujah. So anything else I need to let anyone know? Ways to give. Hey, listen, um, we uh, we actually are not passing the offering plates so at the end of the service today. There's a box in the back. If you want to give, the Lord's put that on your heart, please do. But I do want to invite some very special friends. If if the Bowsers could come up this morning, I want to invite them to share. But if you'll remember, about th- three, three years ago, we sent a team from this very church down to sunny Peru. And we got the time and the enjoyment of blessing from these two. This is Chris and Debbie Bowser. They are our missionaries in Peru. And I just welcome you. They're going to share with us this morning. Thank you so much.
5: Chris is
3: greeting you in the Quechua language. Um, He said, how are you, brothers and sisters? May God bless you. Um, We are, Chris and Debbie Bowser, we are from Ohio, um, born and raised in Toledo, Ohio, and we were sent out in missions from a church in Columbus, Ohio. We have three kids, and six grandkids. And um, anyways, like uh, Pastor Ben said, we minister in Cusco, Peru, which is high in the Andes Mountains, and we minister by planting churches in communities that are Quechua. And the Quechua people, most of them speak Spanish, but their heart language is Quechua. And we're Working on trying to learn Quechua, <laughs> but it's not easy. Um, but anyways, we discovered when we went to to Cusco, Peru, that there are 5,000 Quechua communities in the mountains of Cusco. Now, Cusco is a state. It's also a city, kind of like New York is part of New York. Cusco is part of the state of Cusco, and um, think back up one slide, maybe. And there you go. (laughs) And so that's, that picture is a picture of some of the Quechua girls that were on the side of the road. There are about 5,000 communities up in these high Andes Mountains. Only a hundred of them have any kind of church whatsoever. We're talking all denominations, Catholic, Seventh-day Adventist, any kind of church. Only a hundred of them have any kind of church whatsoever. So, you know, when we talk about the Christmas message like we did today, about go telling it to everyone, about the angels proclaiming the good news, um, they haven't heard yet. They don't know the good news. And someone once said that it's only good news if it gets there in time, right? So... um, that is our goal, is to plant churches among the Quechua people. Well, as we began to explore in the, in the Cusco region, we discovered that there were a lot of um, beliefs that were really contrary to the word of God. And we began to disciple in a community called Huayarcocha. And as we began discipling, and doing what they call orality, um, which is storying the Bible, we discovered that this community, which is in the bottom picture, you can see the community in the distance, that they had a high place. You're like, I only thought that was in the Bible. But you know, this community and many, many Ketchup communities have their own high place. And they go up there in the morning and the evenings and they offer sacrifices. They offer sacrifices to Pachamama, and, which is kind of like Mother Earth. They, they feel they have an obligation to give payments to the Earth so that the, their crops will be blessed, so that their animals will be blessed. And up here on the top, too, you can see that that is one of the altars. And um, one of the times where we went up there, they, they were still, it was still smoking. They, they will put effigies, um, like Catholic effigies, just to cover all their bases. And as you can see in the one picture, there's a cross in the background. But you see, religion came to Cusco, but it never transformed them. So they felt that they needed to cover all their bases. So after they did their um, rituals at the high places, they would go over to the cross. And um, they would do whatever they do with the Catholic religion. Um, And so we discovered the darkness and just the, the lostness of these people. Well, you see, in that same community lives a woman named Marcusa. This is Marcusa. And we got to know Marcusa after she had suffered a lot of problems in her life and a tragic accident. And Marcusa accepted Jesus as her Savior, but her community wouldn't let a church be built. So you know what Marcusa did? She took her sheep corral and she built a church. And that is Marcusa in her church. (laughs) So we, that is where we were able to do discipleship. But some place that a few of you will know is Villiers. This is the church in Villiers. It is now three stories. When your team was there, it was only one story. Um, and Villiers is in a town of about 8,500 people. And it is the only evangelical church. And... Um, your team came, and they ministered to the children. The first time we had ever done ministry to the children there. Um, we've continued doing ministry to the children, and about 200 children showed up to our last VBS. But you know what? They still ask for Pastor Ben and the team, team members, the children do. <laughs> so, Chris, why don't you tell them a little bit more about the other churches?
5: All right, thanks, Deb. This next picture is a picture of one of, the, one of the three churches. Velia was one. This is in a place named Sun Chubamba, which is in a valley on the way to the jungle. There was a family meeting in the church, and they're in the top right picture, I'm sorry, meeting in their home, and they desired to have a church planted for their community. It is a good-sized community, and so they were able to help us acquire that lot on that corner of those two roads, and we were able to build this building. And that is how we left it about a week before we came home for this itineration. The family and other volunteers in the area have taken down the, con- the forms from pouring the concrete roof and they're working on finishing it because they want to see Jesus introduced to their people. Much like all the other communities, this is one community where once a year they hike up to the top of a mountain during a certain time, and I've, I still don't understand it all, but they dress in black and they go up there and they do and some of them walk like all day and all night to get up there to worship the spirits. They need Jesus. So this is Velie. You can see in the bottom. I'm sorry, Sunchibamba. In the bottom right picture was one of the events where we were doing, um, actually, like a Christmas outreach with them. So that's the second of three churches. And this next church is in Amaybamba, and the Lord gave us um, wonderful uh, colleagues. We'll, We'll call them colleagues, but they're from Argentina. They are missionaries, and that's Ruben and Veronica in the top right picture. And they have been really struggling financially because the Argentine economy has just collapsed. And they said, Pastor Chris, we have got a group of people that have come to know Jesus and we need a church plant. Will you help us? So we went out, we prayed over it, and the Lord just gave us the go ahead to help them plant this church. So that building on the left side of the picture there is actually a piece of property we built with the building, we purchased with the building already on it, and we only paid $10,000 for it. It's about a quarter acre. There's quite a bit of property behind it where they can add on or they can build a bigger one. But for right now, that is more than sufficient for the people that are meeting there. So we thank God that we were able to plant that church also and be involved in that. This next picture is Itawania. It is a jungle community on one side of a major river that if you cross the river on the other side, there are unreached tribal groups that have never heard the gospel we were actually given about a one to two acre piece of land by the community because they began to respond to the gospel. But they said, there's only one hitch. We will need you to pay the fees to get it legally put in your name so you can occupy it because it's a tribal community. And we asked, well, how much is that going to cost? And they were, it's going to cost 500 soles. So when the pastor called me, that was interested in, in, that was doing all the legwork, he said, Missionary, do you think you can come up with 500 soles to pay that fee? Well, 500 solis is like $150. So we got a one to two acre piece of land for $150, and we believe that's going to be a strategic ministry center, training center, and church one day to reach the tribal communities on the other side of the river. We can't go there, but they can. So praise God for that. This next picture is very significant. Um, we had the privilege of going in part, being involved in a baptism service. This one is very significant because this lady was the communal leader. They vote their leaders in every so often, and this, this just so happened to be the communal leader that's accepted Christ as her Savior, and we baptized her publicly in that piece, in that land. So we believe God is doing awesome things. Next thing, next picture, and last picture, Um, we are excited about this. This is a magazine, and this is Maria. She is one of three church planters that we helped and mentored. She has planted a couple of churches, and she's holding a discipleship book in the Quechua language, which is the very first and the only discipleship book in our doctrine and belief in the Quechua language. And they've been there for 100 years. So we praise God. We've gotten permission to translate all five of the books into the Quechua language. If you'd like to look at it, it's back on our table. So thank you guys so much for supporting us and for standing behind us with your prayers as your missionaries. Pray for us. We've got spiritual strongholds that we may not even be aware of that are against the gospel. So pray for us. You can do that by picking up a prayer card and praying for us. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, we have connect cards. You can fill them out back there um, and just answer for our newsletters. And we'd also like you to take a copy of Worldview Magazine. They came in 2017 and featured the Cusco ministry area, so the entire magazine is about Cusco, and we'd love to give that to you. There are plenty of them back on the table. If we run out, just let us know. We'll get some more. So, Pastor Ben, thank you once again. It is a blessing to be here and to be your missionaries to the people of Cusco, Peru. Amen.
4: Amen. Stay with me for just a moment. We do want to pray over you. Hallelujah. I'll just mention to our church family, you know, for all of us, this has been a crazy year, Um, and and I understand that, but as I talk to more and more missionaries, recognize this, the missionaries that are home itinerating right now trying to raise money, they haven't been able to even get in churches for months, so let your heart be stirred, and I'm, I'm not saying, hey, you have to give, but I'm saying, if the Lord's stirring in your heart, be faithful to that today, because I can promise you from being there firsthand, these people are doing the work of the Lord. You're seeing people saved who've never even heard the name Jesus before. Like that, I can't even comprehend that living here but there's people who are so lost and, and there is great spiritual darkness in that place. What stirred my heart while we were there is this idea they're offering sacrifices. I remember the blood fights or whatever they called those. They, they fight each other and whoever whoever sheds the most blood actually comes out victorious. And so the gospel has such clarity to the people if their eyes can just be open. So I just want to pray with you guys. Father, I thank you that today, Lord God, your, your kingdom will forcefully advance through Peru. So Lord God, I thank you that you have chosen the Bowsers to go to represent you. I thank you that they are your ambassadors. I thank you that you will give them the words they need in every moment, Lord. I thank you that blind eyes will be opened, both physically, spiritually. Lord God, that these people who have never heard the name will come alive at the name Jesus. And so, Lord, we thank you that we get to partner today with what you're doing down in Peru. God, um, boy... Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can trust you. Thank you for your faithfulness. And everybody said amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Bless you. Thank you so much. If you do, amen, thank you. If you do want to give on, either on the envelope or on, the, uh, on your check, just mark missionaries. It's still going to come to Rock of Grace, but we'll send that through. And, again, we're, we're going to give at the end of service. So I want to invite up once again my brother in Christ. If we could have a warm welcome. For Pastor David Brock. Thank you, brother. God bless you, man.
2: Make sure I'm unmuted. Well, good morning again, uh, if you were not here uh, at the basic opening of the service. My name is Dave Brock. I'm the executive pastor here, and I am so excited. This is literally my first time being here, first day, and Pastor Jordan and I have been fairly enjoying getting to know Danielle or Pastor Jordan, I, my wife and I have been getting to enjoy getting to know Jordan and Danielle. and This has been a complete blast, and we're so excited to be a part of this family and to raise our family here with you guys. But Pastor Jordan asked me a couple weeks ago to step into this week and fill in and speak about good news. How many of you guys love seeing good news, right? I mean, does anybody hate getting good news? I really, really hope not. And here's the thing. I don't have my phone on me because I hate it on stage, but we look at our phones all the time, right? And when we scroll through, there's two types of things that cause us to stop, right? Good news and bad news. And let's be honest, which one gets more reactions? Bad news. What's wrong with us? <laughs> all of the things that we say, oh, yeah, I'm going to hit like for is Bad news? Or we got the care emoji now. So we're going to send care, and now it's the care with the face mask. And we send that. And, but that's the thing. Is like We need to start reacting to good news the way we react to bad news. Right. Right. But here's the thing. Before we figure this stuff out, we need to take a look at what the Bible says about this. And the book of Luke, in the book of Acts, written by Dr. Luke really talks about good news over and over and over again. It's one of the thematic sequences throughout both Luke and Acts. And we're gonna be taking a look at the story of the shepherds. Because the shepherds, as we're gonna discover, were very, very unlikely to be in the situation and the predicament and the moment of where they were. Maybe you've been in a moment that you're sitting there and you're standing there and you're saying, I do not deserve this, I should not be here. I should not be the person that this opportunity was handed to. I'm not qualified, I'm not trained, I have no idea why I am standing here or I have no idea why I got that job or why I was given this opportunity. And for me, I remember this one very clear moment. And it seems to me that as you step into these moments of asking, why am I the one stepping into this? That when our eyes are opened and we are allowing God to move, it begins to transform the way that we live our lives and can change the destiny of not my future, but the generations to come. And for me, I had no idea what was about to happen because I was a teenager and I knew everything when I was a teenager. Didn't we all? It was great then. And I was probably 15, 16 years old and I grew up just outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That's where I'm from. That's actually why I'm in red right now, just because I came over the states. That way I can respect you guys and boundaries with those transitions for the next two weeks. But I was born and raised in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, the other side, in the land of Wawa. If you've had Wawa, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's like sheets and Gecko, but better. <laughs> Fight me on it later. But you have those moments where you say, this isn't it. And I remember being a teenager. And I was the youth intern, you know, our youth group had an internship, and that just meant you were a teenager, and you walked around the church following the youth pastor, and what the youth pastor did, you kind of did, and he walks us through a couple books some leadership opportunities, but that also meant helping at Vacation Bible School. I don't know about you but I love children's ministry. I love getting plugged in and doing those things. My undergrad is actually in children's ministry, so it's a big thing that's dear to my heart. And now that I have a son, it's that much more important to me. But I remember as a 15, 15-year-old 15 boy, man, young man, go boy, young man, young man. Depends, depends on the day, right? So I remember stepping in to helping At Vacation Bible School, and I was always a big tech nerd. I still am. Once my house is fully set up, you'll see what I'm talking about if you ever at my house. And so they said, "Hey, Dave, do you want to just here's a camera, just run around and just video everything? We'll you know like throw everything." And that was back when everybody used Windows Movie Maker. I'm dating myself. Some of you guys, I have no idea what that is. So I'm like, "Sure, that sounds great." So I started running around with a video camera, and I made really good friends with our children's pastor at the church. And I finished up that week just going at it because I'm the kind of guy who, like, if I'm doing something, it's 150% towards it. I don't do anything less. It's just all in. And I ran around with that camera, just kept doing it, hanging out, having fun. I was just having a blast. Didn't really realize the impact of what I was doing. And the children's pastor asked me and said, Hey, Dave, do you want to help in kids' church on Sundays? Okay. I mean, my mother was always a Sunday school teacher. My dad was the church organist. I was shown the significance of serving in church and why we should always be plugged in at the church that we're a part of. So, yeah, absolutely. I would love to help. It's like, awesome. You can be an assistant in our fifth and sixth grade Sunday school. Okay, sure, I'm like five years older than them, but whatever. I wasn't leading it. And there's two older gentlemen. They were in charge, and I was just kind of there to support and help. The class was growing. It's about 25 to 35 fifth and 6th graders. And we stepped in, and over the next year, one of the guys stepped down and got married, and, you know, life changed. Life changes, right? And it's good things, but that also sometimes means we have to transition other areas of our lives. So then I started helping a little more, and a little more. And then sometimes when the other teacher wasn't there, I was asked to just lead. Before I knew it, I was 16 years old, and I was the main teacher of a fifth and sixth grade Sunday school class every Sunday. And I was given the opportunity to pick the curriculum, communicate with parents, send out emails, group chats, and figure out what we're doing with this. Yes, I don't remember how, but we did group chats back in the early 2000s you know, on DSL and dial-up. And That was what it was, but God continued to put me in this place of opportunity, because who would trust a 16-year-old, and 16-year-olds in this room, if you're in here, and I know you are in here, you're like, of course you're going to trust me, but when you get older, it's hard to trust you. It is not your fault. It is not your fault. They don't remember that you know everything. They'll remember. It's going to be all right. But I remember those moments. And it was those moments that continued to shape me and my calling to become a pastor. And I had no idea that because somebody asked me and I said yes, because I knew the impact the gospel would have on somebody's life, would not just transform my life, but my wife's and my child's and maybe more children. I don't know. We're not pregnant. (laughs) We have a (laughs) two-month-old. But here's the thing. I had no idea the significance that that moment of saying yes when I had no idea what I was doing and I was scared to death, but somebody saw the opportunity and somebody saw the blessing that I could be and it radically transformed my life. See, here's the thing. God gave the news. So we are to report it. God gave the news. We are to report it. Today I'm gonna be talking to you about how God isn't just calling select people to share this news. He's not asking only specific people to be the reporters. And that we are called to not move in three years after we pray and fast about it. Here's the thing. I'll give you a spoiler. We don't have to pray and fast about sharing the message of the good news. But sometimes as Christians, we fail to to do that because we land on the, the perfect Christian excuse. Well, I'll pray about it. And then I never get back to the answer. So if you have your Bibles, if you could open up your Bibles to Luke chapter two, verses eight through 20. I'm reading out of the Christian standard Bible. I just love the way it's worded. I'll give you guys a couple seconds. And this is the story of the shepherds. But I'm going to try to take a unique look at this. I'm going to try to hopefully see you guys learn something different about who the shepherds were, how they lived, and the significance of why the shepherds were the first to hear this good news. Starting with verse 8, it says, In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. You got to think about this because sometimes you read these stories, especially Christmas time, and you think, "There's an angel. That's awesome." But when you've never seen an angel before, and you see this thing, I'd be freaking out too. They say, "Don't be afraid." They must have looked afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God, saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and they found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And after seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, she was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. To remember, God gave the news. We are to report it. Because God isn't calling select people to share his news. See, shepherds were truly the most unlikely of groups of people to have been first told about the birth of Christ. But they were the first. They were the first people after Jesus was born To be directly told by God's messengers of the arrival of the Messiah. When something good happens to you, who is the first person you tell? If you're not super excited and it's the person right in front of you when you get that text message, outside of that one, who's the first person you tell? Hopefully your spouse if you're married, but regardless of what that looks like, you tell the person you care most about. When you get good news, you tell the person you care the most about first. And Jesus, when he was born, God told the people that Israel considered the lowest first. Do not disqualify yourself from saying, I can't serve in the kids' church. I can't help in youth group. I can't get involved in ministries. I can't go on a missions trip. I can't go to another country and introduce Jesus to them. Because God revealed himself first to the lowest. And I guarantee you, nobody in this room is lower than a shepherd in ancient Israel. And if God can move through these shepherds, God can move. When you move. So here's the thing. Some fun facts about shepherds. Because of their line of work, shepherds were considered ceremonially unclean in Jewish tradition. Here's what that means. They weren't allowed near the temple unless they stayed away from their occupation for seven days. They were not allowed to go into what was known as the Holy of Holies, into the center of the temple courts to pray and to worship because of their job. The people that weren't allowed to worship were the people that God revealed himself to. On top of that, the shepherds were the people to share who Jesus was, but they weren't even allowed because they were considered so low to bear witness in public court. That's pretty low. Like they're not even allowed to testify in court just because of what they do. It's insane. Especially now to think about that, right? But doesn't that add the weight to this decision? For the shepherds to be the first to be told? See, I told you you guys weren't as low as shepherds. Everybody in this room is allowed to vote. Everybody in this room is allowed, or probably allowed to get their driver's license. Everybody in this room has these freedoms that shepherds just don't have, didn't have. So if we're not as low as shepherds and God can move through shepherds, God can move through Is it irony? I'd argue not. I'd argue it's intentionality. God knew exactly what he was doing and who he was giving this news and this, I don't want to say burden, because burden sounds heavy, but you get the idea when I say it was their weight to say I am now the person that needs to share this message. God intentionally chose these shepherds. And the shepherds then saw that they needed to report it. And here's where we're reminded about this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 29, it says, Brothers and sisters, consider your calling. Not many were wise from a human perspective, not many powerful, not many of noble birth. Instead, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world, what is viewed as nothing, to bring nothing, what is viewed as something so that no one may boast in his presence. See, if, if Jesus was revealed to the priest, the Sanhedrin, They would have done exactly the opposite. So God went to those who weren't gonna boast. To not be a pastor, to not be a Christian, to not be that follower of Jesus that said, well, God speaks to me. So that makes me better. So I'm just gonna share what God said to me, to everybody, and I'm better because of that. Right? That's not how God works. But sometimes that's how Christ followers work, right? hmm See, we have not been many of these things, or maybe you're all of these things, I don't know. But either way, regardless of where we fall on this spectrum, we're still required to report the good news of the gospel and to not boast in his presence. And I think that is a critical piece of this, where we can share the message of the good news in a way that doesn't boast, that doesn't remove the humility that Christ is asking us to live by and to walk with daily. None of this this business of God called me to do this because I'm the best and I put all this work towards it. Or I I grew up in church, so of course God's using me to do this. God is calling each of us. God is calling you. God is calling me. Maybe you're in this room and you're saying right now, Pastor Dave, I'm not good enough. Maybe you're saying, I I can't share that. I'm not good enough. I'm not skilled. Even Moses said, God, I'm not good enough. He was tongue-tied. The man babbled. And God said, enough of your excuses. Here's the person to speak for you. You're good enough. I promise you. You were good enough to share this good news. Because God gave us this news. And we're to report it what's that good news? Maybe you're here, maybe this is your first time in church in years. I don't know. I've not seen your faces. You've not seen mine. So it's fair. I have no idea this is your first time in church. (laughs) Here's the thing. This good news, it changed everything. It absolutely 110% changed everything. And here's that news again in verse 11 and 12. It's today in the city of David, a savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you that you will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. The Messiah. The one who bridges that gap from us to God so that we don't have to follow what the Jewish law was. That we can have communion with God. But then there's more. The angels follow it up with a declaration of praise. In verse 14, it says, glory to God in the highest heaven, in peace on earth, to people he favors. And sometimes I think we gloss over that portion of it. Don't you think there should be some significance of, the Bible doesn't even actually mention how many, it's just like hordes and hordes of angels. So if there's hordes and hordes of angels saying the same thing together, I think there's some significance to it. Why don't you say that? I mean, it's in the Bible too, so hello. Peace on earth to people he favors. They were saying through the Messiah, there was going to be great peace. So maybe you're a person who's just infatuated with this time period. But here's what was going through a lot of the minds of the people during the day. When they were looking for that, for something new, right? Because they were under Roman Empire. But in the Roman Empire, there was this thing called peace. It's called Pax Romana. And maybe you've seen this, maybe you've gone to a funeral or something, a lot of Lutheran churches have this, but it's a P and an X and an R, all kind of combined to a simple. And it stands for Roman peace. Because in the empire, if you were... If you were tied in and you were supportive of the Roman Empire, there was peace. There was no war. Just like we would say, right now we're not in a time of peace. It's kind of chaotic, right? But you know, like before 2001, for those of you who remember that time, we would say there was peace. Why? Because there wasn't really war. You know, there were some battles and we had armies out in different places. But there was peace. But that's not this peace. But it's so easy to see that. And we see these words, especially in these translations of the Bible, where it says peace, where it says love. And we just use what our interpretation is of it. So when we say peace, we just think, oh, well, it's just relaxing. We're okay. We're not in war. We're not in conflict. But here's the thing. It is a peace of heart that only Jesus can provide. See, here's the thing. Just because back then and even today, just because there's peace in the way we see it, doesn't mean there's peace in the way we feel it, in the way we live it, in the way we walk, in the way we move. So what about today? How many people will be sitting here saying, right now I am feeling 100% peaceful? Yeah, that's exactly what I expected. My hand's are not raised either. See, this was the good news of great peace to be in our souls and in our hearts. But here's the thing why are we not letting this good news provide great peace in our hearts today? Why are we holding on to things like the presidential election not going the direction we wanted? That unemployment completely destroyed my life. That I have to wear a mask to go to church or to go to Walmart or Target or wherever I go. That I have to stay six feet away from my friends and my family. That I didn't get to see my mom and dad for a holiday or my grandparents for a holiday. That there's all this social justice issues with Black Lives Matter. That there's all this unrest... And I refuse to let the gospel move in me to provide peace into a world of chaos. And that starts with me. And I'm challenging you to do the same. To let this message of the good news penetrate your hearts. Because there's no reason why we shouldn't be in this room. And when I say, is there peace in your heart? That we don't have both hands up but for some reason, we let the conflicts around us determine the spiritual peace that should only be affected by Christ. Christ, the good news, which means gospel, our savior, our Messiah, king of kings. We sung this one. He's our prince of peace. We're quick to jump on King of Kings because it doesn't matter who's the president because Jesus is always on the throne. I know we all saw that on Facebook. But I don't see anybody saying Jesus is my Prince of Peace. Why do we forget that as followers of Christ? Because that is just as much a part of this good news. Don't you think this good news brought peace? to the people that were the lowest in Israel? I'm sure it did. God gave this news and we are to report it. But then here's the thing. When you reread that, you see this. The shepherds moved swiftly. So should I. They heard the news. The angels came to them and we've already read it twice. I'm not going to read it again. You should know it. If not, go back and look at it. It's in Luke chapter 2. They heard it, and they looked at each other. I'm assuming they looked at each other. And they said, we need to go. We need to go look at this. They When they confirmed what they heard, which is, first off, an incredible biblical practice to make sure that when God's speaking that you confirm it. You know, the Bible talks about iron sharpens iron. And the shepherd's like, well, the angels came, and they're like don't think we had too much to drink, so let's go and find out and let's make sure that this is true. And that was an actual reference to the things that shepherds did. They went and they looked and they saw that Jesus was in fact born. And as soon as they did, they shared with Mary and Joseph what the angel said to them. And then, what does scripture say they did? They went and Everybody they told was amazed. So one can only conclude they told people, because people had to been amazed somehow, right? They went and they told people. They saw it, and they shared it. This goes back to what I was saying earlier, where sometimes as Christians, we jump onto the bandwagon and say, "Well, I'll pray about it." We never have to pray about sharing the message of God's goodness. That's true. That's true. And it starts with the things that we even have here as a church. Because I'm challenging you. If you're part of Rocket of Grace and you're not involved in sharing the message somehow, I hope this message inspires you to do so. Because there's a place for you to get involved. There's a place for you to share the message whether it's in kids ministry, youth ministry, one of our many other ministries that we have that take place throughout the week with life groups and all of that. I guarantee you there is a place for you to start to move, to take those steps and take that step forward. Because the shepherds move swiftly to set an example. They confirmed it and they moved. Verse 18 said, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds Said to them. You guys can throw some music on. The sh- they were amazed at what the shepherds said. Put your name in the place of the shepherds. Who was the last person amazed? the awe and wonder of this good news from what you shared. I could sting a little. Who's the last person who was amazed when you shared this good news with them? See, Matthew 28, 19, great commission many of you may know it we were called to make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit that's not a command for pastors board members sunday school teachers Read that verse again. But instead of me saying shepherds, and I want you to read this verse with me. If you can somehow find that slide. I know that was out there. That slide with verse 18, there it is. But where it says shepherds, or the shepherds, I want you to say your. There is power in declaring what God can do in a prophetic way. And as we step into a new year full of uncertainty, let's make one thing certain. room, and you really are struggling, saying, Pastor Dave, I'm not good enough. I really can't do that. I'm not ready. I'm not eager. It's not being ready. It might not even be eager. It's being willing. But there's a first step to that. Maybe you're in this room, and you've never given your life to Jesus. And you've said, Pastor Dave, I've not been following God. This is my first time hearing about the goodness and the peace that he can provide. I want to invite you to join the family of Christ. So I'm going to ask everybody in this room to bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you're in this room and you're saying, Pastor Dave, that's me. I need to give my life to Christ for the first time or to rededicate my life because this year I have not been following him. But I need to recommit that. I need to recommit my life to him today. With nobody else looking around, would you just slip your hand in the air? this way, myself or Pastor Ben can follow up with you. I'm gonna ask everybody in this room just to say this prayer. And even if you didn't raise your hand, but you're saying, I'm gonna take this moment to rededicate my life to Christ, that you truly hear and say each word in a moment of faithfulness. Let's say this together, saying, dear Jesus, today I commit to continue to follow you. Each day of my life, as we step into a new year, that I will be faithful following your words please be a part of my life as my savior and friend please be my prince of peace amen here's how we're going to conclude today I firmly believe that there's people in this room that you were saying, Pastor Dave, right now, I'm looking for that way to step in, to figure out how I need to move. Just gonna make it super simple. Just let somebody at the Welcome Center know or shoot Pastor Jordan or somebody an email this week, or even find myself or Pastor Ben, and we'll write your name down and we'll get you connected. But even on top of that, maybe you really are continuing to struggle. I'm gonna pray a prayer of blessing for you guys in a season where it's been so hard to find that peace where it's been so hard to figure out what it means to live as the shepherds did, to hear it and to move it and to apply it. So I'm gonna pray this prayer over you guys because I firmly believe that there is power and anointing in this room over each and every one of you that will continue to transform the way you live your lives at home, at school, whatever school looks like right now for those of you in school, at work, whatever that looks like right now, and in each and every moment. So God, I thank you for each person in this room and each person watching this service later throughout the week that you continue to anoint, that you continue to provide for them in new and incredible ways, that you can provide a peace that only you can provide in the homes that are full of turmoil and trouble and challenges, in the places that are full of hope and ambition, that you can provide the same peace and the anointing over each family, over each parent that is continuing to be worried about what is going to be happening for this holiday season or what things are going to look like in 2021, that you can continue to provide a peace in knowing that you are in control no matter what, that you can continue to allow them to see your hand at work in their lives and even when it's not as expected that they can recognize that it is your hand and that your plan is ultimately mightier because you are our king of kings and you are our prince of peace And for each person in this room that is struggling to move, they know and they love you, but they are struggling to take that step that you give them the boldness and the empowerment to move forward in faith, to step out and say, God, I'm going to move. I'm praying for each family member that knows somebody in their lives, maybe in their household or extended family or work that needs Jesus, that needs to know you, that you can continue to embolden them and allow them to move in mighty ways. Jesus, anoint each person in this room today that they can experience you and only the things that you can provide in a way they've never felt in a year of uncertainty, that this can conclude as the year of peace. God, protect each person in this room until we come back again to worship you as a church, as a family. May you bless them And may you keep them. In your name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And we're excited to be here. Thank you so much. God bless you.